This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 722 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by EquestrianCollections.com. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on the Horses in the Morning Show, episode number 83. The Horse.com's Christy West and Dr. Jones from Florida Equine Veterinary Services join the Hit'em gang for a refresher course on colic. But first, a word from today's sponsor. Hi, Glenn here from the Horse Radio Network, and I'm with Debbie from Equestrian Collections. How are you, Debbie? Hi, Glenn. I'm just great. And this week, I wanted to feature something that we have on our website, www.equestriancollections.com. You know, a lot of people say, are you only online? Well, you know what? We have taken care of that for you. We are online, but we're also catalogs online. If you go to our website and at the very top of the page of the homepage, you will see a little box that says catalogs. You click on that and all the catalogs from our different vendors come up. All you have to do is click on any one of them and it opens up just like a book. It's just really cool. You just click at the bottom of the page and the page turns as if you were looking at a catalog, um, you know, sitting there in bed or something. But the best part of this kind of catalog is if you click on it and we have this item available, all you have to do is click on it. It takes you right over so you can order it right there. So it's very convenient, and you can look at all the different things and just spend all day doing that if you'd like because we've got plenty of them. I do really like that the fact that uh, you're looking at the at, really at the manufacturer's catalog, and if you guys have it, you can just click on it. It takes you to the order page. If you don't have it, it just pops up with a little thing that says item not available so you know exactly what you can get and what you can't get. That's exactly right, and that's such a help, too, because, you know, if we can't get it, then you can't get it. So here we go. We can every, you'll know right away if you can get it from us. Very good. That's uh, Go to EquestrianCollections.com, the Catalogs tab at the top of the page at EquestrianCollections.com. This product highlight was produced by the Horse Radio Network. Listen to all of our shows at HorseRadioNetwork.com. You know, so many of us are affected by a, a disease. I mean, probably, you know, the most common disease in horses, which is colic. And, of course, colic is, you know, I'll let them tell you, but it's abdominal pain. And we have a, you know, it's, it's that time of year, Glenn, where the weather is changing. We get cold days. We get hot days. We get days where the horses want to drink a lot of water and days where the horses don't want to drink a lot of water. And so we've got the horse.com to kind of sift through all of the colic information uh, and let you know kind of what it is, how can we prevent it, what causes it, all of those things happen. Um, and, of course, we have Dr. Jones with us this morning and, of course, Christy from thehorse.com. So, first of all, good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? 
I think that this is such an amazingly important topic because I just don't know any horse people that have not been affected by colic. I know when I was, I mean, I have a chronic coliker now, unfortunately, that we're working on, but we also had a horse that when I was uh, 21 years old required two colic surgeries back to back and, you know, that's a good 12 grand back then. It was even more now, I'm sure. Um, But, you know, we were just talking about uh, Michelle and Rick and their horse Sprite, who's had a couple colic surgeries. So I think it's a great time to be talking about colic. I think it's always absolutely. <laughs> it's always a good time, and thanks for the intro. Um, I think it's, that you brought up a lot of good points that we were obviously going to hit today, and we thought we'd start with uh, just a basic discussion of what colic is and what what to look for. What are some of the signs of colic that uh, some you may be familiar with and some you may not? So. Erin, can you tell us a little bit about those? Absolutely. Well, first off, uh, my thunderstorm is what is actually colic, so that's okay. I'm glad that uh, we have informed uh, host of the show. Um, it is should be Jamie, by pain. the way. <laughs> I was trying to do a cross-the-board uh, well, compliment you there, and you just had to ruin it, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, um, it does mean ab- abdominal pain. And but there are some, and we were going to mention them at the end of the show, but I, I guess I'll take the moment now to, to mention them. There are some that aren't actually coming from the abdomen, meaning the gastrointestinal tract. They are coming from in the abdomen, like liver disease can look like colic, uh, peritonitis, which doesn't really affect the um, intestinal tract directly. It's the belly or that uh, cavity that holds the intestines together. That can look like colic. But even pleural pneumonia, when a horse does a long shipping, gets a really bad respiratory infection, and actually infects the pleura, they can look like colic because they stretch out. They want to get um, any pressure off their chest because it hurts. It's very painful. Aww. And then you can have kidney and uh, urinary issues that may look like colic. And that's so rare. The liver, the kidney, urinary, those are more rare things. So we're not going to go into those much today, but I just want everybody to know that abdominal pain is the, um, is the definition for it, but there are other problems. But let's go into the the uh, clinical signs of it. What the normal thing everybody says is they're rolling. The other thing, very subtle, looking at their sides. Of course, not eating, that's a big key because horses eat all the time. And then the one that really seems to get everybody um, a little confused is the stretching out. I get numerous phone calls that says, my horse is trying to urinate and can't urinate. It's not a urinary tracking problem. They're stretching out their abdomen because, again, just like the pleural pneumonia in the te- chest, they want to make some room for whatever GI upset they're having, and they stretch out their abdomen, or they're just stretching it out and try to get to a comfortable position the way they're standing. And it looks like they're trying to urinate, uh, especially gelding, and nothing is coming out, so they think it's a urinary tract infection. And, of course, they're depressed. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what else? Uh, I, I can always tell when, and, and maybe this is this is uh, something that I'm making up. Um, but when my horse colics, uh, our, our old thoroughbred outside, he paws a couple times, lays down, gets up, and I always know he's colicking because he doesn't shake off. Like you know, they roll and they roll around, and they get up and they shake. When he doesn't shake, is when I start to worry about him. Again, stealing my thunder, but I love it. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> because, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. No, no, no. no this is what she I want. She does that because... to me every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're actually driving home. the The main point of this topic today is that 
you need to know your animals. And just that minor difference you see, and that's minor to some other horse people, that minor difference tells you a lot about how your horse is feeling. And those subtle changes make a world of difference in how quickly you act on a sick horse or not. Kudos to you. I'm going to stop Maybe talking start. now. Keep going. <laughs> no, it's, it's so, well, I mean, do we want to shout out some causes of colic? Let's do it. Yes. Go ahead. I want to let Jamie go ahead and shout out one each. <laughs> Wait, what now? I couldn't hear you. You broke <laughs> up a little yeah. bit. Say that again. Shout out the causes of colic. Give me a, just, just give me one okay. cause that, you know, one thing that causes colics that you know of. Okay, here in Arizona, uh, it's sand. Wonderful. Here in Florida, it's sand. It's almost the number one one here, so I'm sure it is in Arizona. Glenn, do you have one? Yep. Um, eating too much? Yep. I call it from eating too much, so <laughs> I figured the horses probably do, too. I you yeah. say he colics when he thinks about our bloody shows. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's the stress. That's another one. So he's, he's exhibiting stress, and he's concerned about what we're going to talk about, and so he gets stressed out about it. Um, and stress can cause colic, and it comes in, in many forms. We talked about stress of a trailering trip, stress of going to new environments, stress of being put into a new herd and doing the pecking order, stress of increasing your exercise um, regimen or going off your exercise regimen. Some horses are just more prone to getting stressed out, and that stress will lead to a different kind of colic, not a sand colic, not a too much feed colic. It's more of a ulcer colic. So we have okay. ulcers as a metal another source. And then, and then what about, you know, I, I've had horses that have had gas colic before, but how do they get, an, how do they get gas colic? It's usually from a decrease in water is the theory. And that's the, another key point I want to drive home today is that horses always need clean, fresh water. If there's one thing a horse needs, it's not hay, it's not grass, and definitely not grain, it's water. Water is paramount for any living being, so they need to have fresh, clean water. Even if you provide it and you put that, drop that big roll bale out there and they've been sitting on a sandlot, let's say in Arizona or here in Florida, had a little bit of hay given to them or they eaten up the last little remnants of grass, you plop that big roll bale out there in the middle. Next thing you know, your horse doesn't come up for air. It's got its face buried in that roll bale. It doesn't come up for air, and you've got yourself colic because they didn't, add the water to the mix. They need water to do the fermentation back in the hindgut, as they call it, to keep the GI tract moving accordingly. We also have some other ones. We have, I'm just going to go ahead and just shout them out myself. We have worms. We haven't seen that in years, but uh, tapeworms kind of reared their ugly heads for a while. But we do have a dewormer now for tapes. But back in the late 70s, early 80s, our ivermectin that came out seemed to help out with most of the really bad worm colics we had. Um, I have a question, dental. I have a question, I have a question. I have a yeah, question yeah. about that. <laughs> okay, so this is a neighbor of mine, and you can't always control what your neighbors and friends do with their horses, but they have this horse that came into her boarding facility that was completely full of worms, apparently. Uh, that's what it had been, hadn't been wormed and dewormed in forever. And so she said, okay. I want you to hit it with the ivermectin, and again, you know, in a week, hit it with the uh, strongest, and then hit it with Panicure. And I thought, to me, if we have a horse that has a huge amount of worms, and all of a sudden you kill all those worms, and then they go through the small intestine, what is the chance of an impaction of worms? 
Very high. Seen more in the babies, but it is high. Um, the other thing is all the dead beings, dead bacteria, <laughs> dead worms that live in the gut will release toxins when they die too. And that toxin release can cause excessive gas because the bacteria are producing gas. Excessive gas, you get your gas colic. You get toxins that give them basically a change in pH and cause a colic from that. Impacting is another, yes, another thing that I'd be concerned about. I always tell people when they get a rescue horse, give a slow-kill dewormer. Fenbendazole is a really nice one. It, it does a slow kill of worms over a period of time. But again, doing the fecal is key. See, see what kind of worms are, are in there, how many. Do your dewormer, come back, recheck that fecal, do another one according to what they see on the fecal exam, and that would be the more appropriate way to address a rescue or a horse that's over, overly wormy. Thank you. I'm going to have her call you. <laughs> I'd love to talk to her. I don't have a problem. I got an 800 number they can call if they're worried about the long distance fees, but if they get their cell, they can call. Yeah, and I just said you can't give a horse, first of all, that much dewormer all at once. And second of all, if you're going to kill a million worms, they're all going to come out at the same time, and that just seems very dangerous, as I, I thought anyway. So thank you uh, for answering the question. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So let's see, other causes. Well, we talked about too much feed, but we didn't talk about the abrupt change in feed, which happens a lot. Uh, somebody gets a new horse, they, they decide they want to put them on their high percentage protein. You're working these horses heavily, but it came off of a, you know, a, a pasture where it was doing nothing and it was giving a low percent protein, so that abrupt change in feed can cause a colic. Um, some of these why is that? Because I mean, the bacteria why, why? flora, they're used to a certain type of feed product coming through, and they're made for that feed product. And when you change their their source of food, if you want to pull it, put it that way, is the best way to describe it, they get confused, they get upset, um, that sometimes they have a party and they do overload of trying to digest for you and overload, die, produce gas, that kind of thing, or they may not digest them well enough because they're not the proper bacteria, flora, for that type of feed. So it's, it's so a slow adjustment the to them, to your, to your gotcha. GI bacteria. Gotcha. So when you when you get a new horse and they, they, they say, here's your horse, you always ask for some feed and some hay, and you mix it slowly. And I've always thought maybe that was just for the horse's palatability, I guess. You know, like, here, we're going to No, it's for the GI system. It's for the bacteria. Let's, let's give a good example. You go out of town, you're on a special occasion, anniversary, uh, convention, anything you can think of, and you're going to have a really nice meal. So first off, you went out of town, that kind of stresses, that raises our stress levels because we're not in our own home, and then you go and have this wonderful, delicious, rich meal. Kind of get a little stomach upset sometimes after that rich meal because it's not your normal, everyday meals you're having at home. It's cooked a little differently, gotcha. uh, that kind of thing. So you and what I would flora. Do yeah, and what I would do is throw up, but clearly horses can't throw up, so uh, there you go. <laughs> exactly. That's where the whole problem comes in is they can't throw up. So. <laughs> exactly. Well, we talked a little bit about, uh, Jamie, you mentioned weather changes, and that's another one that we want to bring up um, is that it's, it's uh, and, and I were talking about this yesterday, is that it's not always the weather change necessarily, but as you mentioned, the weather change causing a change in water intake or feed yeah. intake or exercise or things like that. Yes, it kind of changes their normal regimen. They have tried numerous times to document that weather definitely causes colic, but it's not always that fact because they've had weather change in numerous research studies, and the horses did fine. 
So we think it's either due to a lack of water intake uh, during that weather change time or they're wearing their big, long, hairy coat. We get a nice, warm spring day. They tend to sweat profusely under that warm coat, and they're taking in the same amount of water they did the week before, but it was colder, and they're not losing so much water, and thus they can possibly have a real mild colic from that. Again, back to water, clean, fresh water. Right. Clean, so that kind of makes water. weather uh, sort of a surrogate factor for colic, uh, meaning you, you think it's weather, but it's actually something that's associated with the weather, but it's not the weather itself. And that kind of brings me to, uh, we, we've got a nice stump the host question. Uh, do you happen to know, Jamie or Glenn, <laughs> uh, what breed has been identified as being at greater risk of colic than other breeds? What breed? Wow. That's a great <laughs> question. Um, I would say, I would probably say thoroughbred. And I'm going to go with warm bloods. That's on both of them. <laughs> you both? And on both of them? Okay. Yeah. I can't do that ant button. I don't know if you guys have one of those, but both of them um, <laughs> did not uh, win the prize. It's Arabians. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Is it because they're just uber-sensitive kind of horses? <laughs> they think because of the management of Arabians, a lot of them are show Arabians. Now, granted, this came off of a, um, a study where they sent out flyers, or not flyers, but, uh, you know, uh, information-gathering uh, type tools to say, hey, you surveys. know. Surveys. Surveys. Thank you. That's important. Um, <laughs> for animals, what breed do you have? What do you do with that kind of thing, and um, they found more than not that the uh, Arabs were at a higher risk, and they think or surmise that it's possibly due to their uh, way they're housed or the way they're managed. Um, they, they suggested maybe there's a genetic predisposition. Nobody has ever gone down that road to, um, to show it, so... Well, that makes sense simply because a lot of the, the show horses and the show barns, you know, the horses are in for quite some time. And, and, you know, it's been proven to show. And the reason I said thoroughbreds is because horses that are housed inside that work very hard and then go back to their stall, you know, they can get ulcers. And the stress of traveling and showing and racing and competing, uh, that causes ulcers, which would then you know, help out with colic. I must tell you, Dr. Jones, that my existence here at Flyover Farm is colic prevention. Everything that I do, I'm like, please don't colic, please don't colic, please don't colic. So, I mean, we, we do things like the, like if it's just a little bit chillier. And, and I want to run this by you because I know a lot of people do it and I want your opinion on it is when it's a little bit chillier, I think, okay, they're not going to drink as much water. So I'm going to give them some electrolytes to try to encourage them to drink water. And I also always put water in their grain. Are those two things that are good or just me being crazy? Well, encouraging them to drink water is great, but the old phrase is you bring a horse to water but can't them drink. <laughs> it's very yeah. true. Uh, we've tried, in the, you see it in the endurance trail riding people all the time, we've tried the uh, light um, electrolyte paste to add to either just give to them orally and hope that encourages them to drink more more water, kind of like the uh, salty popcorn at a movie theater um, uh-huh. idea where you're going to get up and get another soda, or um, adding more electrolytes to the feed. As far as watering down their hay, as far as water uh, putting water in their grain, they've never proven that that really does increase any water content in a horse. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you what it does do is it makes mama feel better. And that's... <laughs> important <laughs> as long as you're Treating helping somebody 
treating yeah. the client. Well, you guys, we are almost out of time. Do you have any other uh, one or two more items that you want to go over before we wrap this up? Well, I wanted to mention that dental problems and mastication issues. Uh, again, mm -hmm. we've had that discussion a few weeks ago that those could be problems in, uh, um, for um, your horse to colic, so you definitely need to stay up on your dental. <laughs> the last but not least uh, comment is you are your primary caregiver of your horse. The owner is a primary caregiver, not the veterinarian, not the farrier, um, sometimes not even the barn manager, but the barn manager does kind of act as surrogate for you. You know when your horse is different. So if you say, gosh, you know, this water intake thing, God, that's so great, but, you know, I got a tank out there. I fill it up every day. I got three horses that drink out of it. How do I know who's drinking, who's not? You're going to know there's less water in the tank one day, and you're going to have to watch all three, and you're going to know one's not acting quite right. And that's mm -hmm. all you need to know. That there might be a problem ensuing. And so knowing, again, that your horse rolls, gets up, and doesn't shake, and that's a sign of possibly a colic, it's, it's worth just having a good physical exam on the horse in the, yeah. in the next 24 hours to make sure everything's okay and maybe take some precautions of adding oil to the feed that night or whatever you need to do, increasing their water intake that night, whatever you need to do to kind of warn off that uh, colic that you might think might come down the road. Absolutely. Great, great advice. Just know your horse and, you know, trust your instincts. Well, there you go. To listen to more of the horse.com's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop down menu on the left. If you love listening to the Horses in the Morning gang, putting in their two cents on horse health topics, tune in to Horses in the Morning at horsesinthemorning.com for your weekly fix of up to the minute horse health information, headlines, and interesting interviews. You can also go to thehorse.com where you will find a motherload of horse health information covering pretty much every topic imaginable. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you by equestriancollections.com. Just like Horse Tip Daily brings the whole world of equine knowledge to you, Equestrian Collections brings you the whole world of equine online shopping. Check them out today at equestriancollections.com. And while you're there, tell them Coach Jen sent you. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.